First Kings chapter 4 through chapter 7 verse 12. King Solomon was king over all Israel, and these were his high officials. Azariah the son of Zadok was the priest, Elahoraph and Ahijah the sons of Shisha were secretaries, Jehoshaphat the son of Elihud was recorder, Benaniah the son of Jehoadiah was in command of the army, Zadok and Abiathar were priests, Azariah the son of Nathan was over the officers, Zabad the son of Nathan was priest and king's friend, Asher was in charge of the palace, and Adoniram was the son of Abda, was in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had twelve officers over all Israel who provided food for the king and his household. Each man had to make provision for one month in the year. These were the names. Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Daker in Machaz, Shalbim, Beth Shemesh, and Elam Both Anan. Ben-Heshed in Eraboth, to him belonged Sukkoth and all the land of Hefer, Ben-Abinadab in all Nephath, Do, he had Tephath, the daughter of Solomon, as his wife, Ba'ana, the son of Elihud, in Ta'anach, Begido, and all Bethshean, that is, beside Zarethin, below Jezreel, and from Bethshean to Abel Meholoith, as far as the other side of Jacomium, Ben Geber in Ramoth Gilead, he had the villages in Jair, the son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead, and he had the regions of Aragob, which is in Bashan, sixty great cities with walls and bronze bars. Anayadab, the son of Edu, in Mahanaim, Ahamaaz in Naphtali, he had taken Basemath, the daughter of Solomon as his wife, Baanana, the son of Husha. Hushai in Asher and Baaloth, Jehoshaphat the son of Perua in Issachar, Shimei the son of Elah in Benjamin, Geber the son of Uri in the land of Gilead, the country of Sihon king of the Amorites and of Og king of Bashan. And there was one governor who was over the land. Judah and Israel were as many as the sand by the sea. They ate and drank and were happy. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms, from the Euphrates to the land of the Philistines to the border of Egypt. They brought tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Solomon's provisions for one day was thirty cores of fine flour and sixty cores for, of meal, ten fat oxen and twenty pasture-fed cattle, a hundred sheep besides deer, gazelles, roebucks, and fattened fowl, for he had dominion over all the region of the west of the Euphrates from Tipashash to Gaza over all the kings west of the Euphrates, and he had peace on all sides around him. And Judah and Israel lived in safety from Dan even to Beersheba, every man under the vine and under his fig tree, all the days of Solomon. Solomon also had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. And those officers supplied provisions for King Solomon and for all who came to King Solomon's table, each in his month. They let nothing be lacking. Barley also, and straw for the horses, and swift steeds they brought to the place where it was required, each according to his duty.
And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding beyond measure and breadth of mind like the sand of the seashore, so that Solomon's wisdom surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all other men, wiser than Ethan the Azerathite, and Haman, Calcol, and Darda, the sons of Mahal, and his fame was in the surrounding nations. He also spoke three thousand proverbs, and his songs were one thousand and five. He spoke of trees from the cedar, and that is in Lebanon, to the hyssop that grows out of the wall. He spoke also of beasts, and of birds, and of reptiles, and of fish, and people of all nations came to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon, when he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father, for Hiram always loved David. And Solomon sent word to Hiram, You know that David my father could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the warfare with which his enemies surrounded him, until the Lord put them under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor misfortune. And so I intend to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord said to David my father, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, shall build the house for my name. Now therefore command the cedars of Lebanon to be cut for me, and my servants will join your servants, and I will pay you for your servants such wages as you said. For you know that there is no one among us who knows how to cut timber like the Sidonians. As soon as Hiram heard the words of Solomon, he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, who has given to David a wise son to be over this great people. And Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have heard the message that you have sent to me. I am ready to do all that you desire in the matter of the cedar and cypress timber. My servants shall bring it down to the sea from Lebanon, and I will make it into rafts to go by the sea to the place you direct. And I will have them broken up there, and you shall receive it. And you shall meet my wishes by providing food for my household. So Hiram supplied Solomon with all the timber of cedar and cypress that he desired, while Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20,000 cores of beaten oil. Solomon gave this to Hiram year by year, and the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon, and the two of them made a treaty. King Solomon drafted forced labor out of all Israel, and the drafted number was 30,000 men. And he sent them to Lebanon. 10,000 a month in shifts. They would be a month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the draft. Solomon also had 70,000 burden bearers and 80,000 stonecutters in the hill country. Besides Solomon's 3,300 chief officers who were over the work, who had charge of the people who carried on the work, at the king's command they quarried out great costly stones in order to lay the foundation of the house with dressed stones. So Solomon's builders and Hiram's builders and the men of Gabal did the cutting and prepared the timber and the stone to build the house. In the 418th year after the people of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month of Ziv, which is the second month, he began to build the house of the Lord. The house that King Solomon built for the Lord was 60 cubits long, 20 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. The vestibule in front of the nave of the house was 20 cubits long, equal to the width of the house, and 10 cubits deep in front of the house. And he made for the house windows with recessed frames, 
He also built a structure against the wall of the house, running around the walls of the house, both the nave and the inner sanctuary, and he made side chambers all around. The lowest story was five cubits broad, the middle one six cubits broad, and the third was seven cubits broad. For around the outside of the house he made offsets on the wall in order that the supporting beams should not be inserted into the walls of the house. When the house was built, it was with stone prepared at the quarry so that neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was being built. The entrance of the lowest story was on the south side of the house, and one went up by stairs to the middle story, and from the middle story to the third. So he built the house and finished it, and he made the ceiling of the house of beams and planks of cedar. He built the structure against the whole house, five cubits high, and it was joined to the house with timbers of cedar. Now the word of the Lord came to Solomon, Concerning the house that you are building, if you will walk in my statutes and obey my rules and keep all my commandments and walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David your father. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. He lined the walls of the house on the inside with boards of cedar. From the floor of the house to the walls of the ceiling, he covered them on the inside with wood, and he covered the floors of the house with boards of cypress. He built twenty cubits of the rear of the house with boards of cedar from the floor to the walls, and he built with us within the inner sanctuary as the most holy place. The house, that is, the nave in front of the inner sanctuary, was forty cubits long. The cedar within the house was carved in the form of gourds and open flowers. All was cedar. No stone was seen. The inner sanctuary was prepared in the innermost part of the house to set the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. The inner sanctuary was twenty cubits long, twenty cubits wide, and twenty cubits high, and he overlaid it with pure gold. He also overlaid an altar of cedar. And Solomon overlaid the inside of the house with pure gold, and he drew chains of gold across. In front of the inner sanctuary he overlaid it with gold, and he overlaid the whole house with gold until all the house was finished. Also, the whole altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary he overlaid with gold. In the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim of olive wood, each ten cubits high. Five cubits was the length of one wing of the cherub, and five cubits was the length of the other wing of the cherub. It was ten cubits from the tip of one wing to the tip of the other. The other cherub also measured ten cubits. Both cherubim had the same measure for the same form. The height of one cherub was ten cubits, and so was that of the other cherub. He put the cherubim in the innermost part of the house, and the wings of the cherubim were spread out so that a wing of one touched the wall and wall, and a wing of the other cherub touched the other wall. Their other wing touched each other in the middle of the house, and he overlaid the cherubim with gold. Around all the walls of the house he carved engraved figures of cherubim and palm trees and open flowers in the inner and outer rooms. The floor of the house he overlaid with gold in the inner and outer rooms. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood and lintel, and the doorposts were five-sided. He covered the two doors of olive wood with carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. He overlaid them with gold and spread gold that on the cherubim and on the palm trees. So also he made for the entrance of the nave doorpost of olive wood in the form of a square, and two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of the one door were folding, and the two leaves of the other door were folding. 
On them he carved cherubim and palm trees and open flowers, and he overlaid them with gold evenly applied on the carved work. He built the inner court with three courses of cut stone and one course of cedar beams. In the fourth year the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. In the month of Ziv, and in the eleventh year, in the month of Bul, which is the eighth month, the house was finished in all its parts and according to all its specifications. He was seven years in building it. Solomon was building his own house thirteen years, and he finished his entire house. He built the house of the forest of Lebanon. It was length was a hundred cubits, and its breadth fifty cubits, and its height thirty cubits, and it was built on four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams on the pillars. And it was covered with cedar above the chambers, and that were on the forty-five pillars, fifteen on each row. There were window frames in three rows, and windows opposite the window in three tiers. All the doorways and windows are had square frames, and window was opposite window in three tiers. And he made the hall of pillars. Its length was fifty cubits, and its breadth thirty cubits, and there was a porch in the front with pillars and a canopy on front of them. And he made the hall of the throne, where he was to pronounce judgment, even the hall of judgment. It was finished with cedar from the floor to rafters. His own house, where he was to dwell in the other court back to the hall, was like a, was of like workmanship. Solomon also made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had taken in marriage. All these were made of costly stone, cut according to the measure, sawed with saws, back and front, even from the foundation to the coping, and from the outside to the great court. Foundation was of costly stones, huge stones, stones of eight and ten cubits, and above were costly stones cut according to the measurement of cedar. The great court had three courses of cut stone all around, and a course of cedar beams, so had the inner court of the house of the Lord and the vestibule of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 5 For every high priest is chosen among men, is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sin. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward, since he himself is beset with weakness. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins, just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes his honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he says also in another place, You are a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save for him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered, and being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. There is something inside of me that longs for the day when there were not so many distractions. 
Today, it's so easy to become distracted with all of the different forms of entertainment, whether that's scrolling on Facebook and seeing what is new or looking at news feeds or watching a Netflix special or a Hulu special or some other streaming service or, or just watching uh, what's going on in YouTube. It seems like there are so many different avenues that we can go for entertainment, but we aren't really eager to learn or to grow, not like it would seem people used to be in generations beyond us. Now, I say that, and it's not a criticism. I think that there's great value in the accessibility that we have for knowledge. But are we mature in our knowledge? It seems like as I talk to people nowadays, more people will tell me about something that they read online or something that they heard on a TikTok than a thought that they have been brewing and um, brewing inside of themselves for any given length of time. We don't let our thoughts mature, we don't let our meditations mature, and it's a lost practice. I think the reason colleges and universities and just academia in general has become so popular is because there's still people that want to see that kind of maturity. But you know what the truth is? There's nothing more stimulating, more entertaining than wrestling with the Word of God. Than being a person who is trained in the way of the word to be able to look at a text of scripture and know how to read it, interpret it, and apply it to our lives. There's certainly many things that I would like to be able to talk about with my friends. But I can't talk about all of them. They haven't or they aren't interested in steeping over the many mysteries that we find in God's word. Today, can we just be thankful that God has given us his word? Can we be thankful and show our thankfulness by our eagerness to understand these things? Our eagerness to wrestle with his word? Perhaps you need this encouragement. Maybe you've been going along the Bible reading plan, or you're just now starting with us, or maybe you fell aside and are just jumping back in. Do you believe that the Word of God is precious, living, valuable? Do you demonstrate that in the way that you interact with it? Let me encourage you to stay faithful to reading your Bible, to growing in it. And remember, I cannot apply the Word of God to your life. These commentary sessions, these are here to help you to share some of my meditative thoughts. Ultimately, you have a responsibility to think about how you will apply the word to your life and then to carry it out, prayerfully seeking God's help in doing so. I pray that God would bless you as you do exactly that.